0: Hi, I'm Paul Kurtz with John McDevitt, and we are the Beer and Booze Pros. That's the illegal part, right? Doing <sighs>
1: right. It's, it's too darn hot. I don't care what anybody says. It oh, it's really so hot. nice today. <laughs> today on the podcast... We'll tell you why two Philadelphians are willing to travel great distances in search of beer that we can't find in Pennsylvania. It's
2: usually eating a piece of pizza in your car that smells like hops because you spent four days in Ohio getting beer. Ohio. Right? glad
0: you're not bitter about that.
2: <laughs> and
0: later, Philly loves beer. And we show our love every June for the 10-day festival known as... Billy Beer Week.
3: You're drinking a uh, Samoa This, which is a chocolate style brew with caramel, coconut, and pink Himalayan sea salt. It is delicious in your mouth.
1: Also, a summer long festival that combines adult beverages and banging food with happy hour price points.
4: We get to try nicer restaurants that we probably wouldn't go to.
0: And how a little beaver can spice up your whiskey.
5: This beaver secretion is actually a flavoring, it has a a vanilla and raspberry type flavor. We're we're working on a bunch of really strange concepts, but I can't tell you about them because they'd have to kill you. Hey, how about
0: this for innovation? John and I found a couple who used their love of beer to fuel their careers. One is a marketing and public relations pro, the other a real estate agent. They've
1: traveled far and wide in search of beer that isn't available in Pennsylvania. And that is the lure they use to reel in customers. But in their travels, they discovered something else, an illegal underground trade involving beer mules. You go out of state and bring back beer to sell for profit.
6: Z-A... C-H-R-Y. It should be spelled with two A's, kay. but... Two A's? No, it should be, oh. but it's not. <laughs> Z- so it's Z-A... C-H-R-Y.
1: H. Hi, we're with uh, here with Laura Seaman and Tiffany, Zachary, and uh, uh, you're realtors? Is not... Laura's
6: a realtor. Uh, I do media and marketing for the business.
1: Fantastic. So... How does beer uh, <laughs> work with your, your your business?
2: One of the things that we need to thrive, a constant stream of new people that get introduced to us that could potentially make a connection and at some point need our real estate services. So for us, we found that um, beer is a really good way to meet people. The name of our um, team is Love Your Block and we're one of the sponsors for Philly Loves Beer. And I would joke that in the past, um, I would track Tiffany during beer week like an animal in the wild between the untapped account and the credit card. I could tell where she was. Um, <laughs> so we decided to just make it official and three years ago became one of the sponsors, so we really became ingrained in the events and saw that as an opportunity for us to actually start doing our own Beer Week events.
0: Okay, and what are they?
2: So the big one that we do is we call it Crash Our Stash. This is the third year that we did it, and every year we have highlighted a different section of the country, and this year we did Columbus, Ohio. We actually go to these places, find small local breweries there that don't really distribute, and bring the beer back ourselves. And then throw sort of a big party for clients and friends and we raffle off entry to a couple new people that we haven't met before because it's a really good opportunity
6: for people to get to know us in a non-pressure situation. To be clear for anyone listening, the prize is a tasting glass and entry to the party. The beer is free. <laughs> oh.
2: Right, yes.
6: P L B C if you are listening.
2: Absolutely. So because we're giving the beer away, we're not we're yeah, not charging for it. It's a private party. Kind of like going to somebody's
6: wedding you get a big crowd? We
2: do. We've actually ended up having to split it into two sessions. The first year that we did
6: it, we had a huge response. Yeah, I think 600 and something people entered. Yeah, it was a little overwhelming (laughs) that year.
0: It's a great lure. I mean, it's this beer that no one
6: gets,
5: and and you have it.
6: Right. It's become an increasingly fine line for us to figure out what beer to feature, too, because I'm trying not to step on the toes of anyone already doing a Beer Week event in town. Because you're on board. I gotta make sure that it's something people have at least heard of a little bit. So, you know, to be like, oh I'm curious, I wanna try that, to make them be enticed enough to sign up and you know see what we're all about.
0: So yeah. what do you have here?
6: Probably a good starter. Is this one from Hoofhearted? Hoofhearted. Hoofhearted. Hoofhearted um, John. Uh, <laughs> I just got it. <laughs> uh, that's how they want you to pronounce it. Um, and There's a there's a little a joke, is a pretty me. pony on it? Is
1: there a little... What, so I don't know. One, the name of
0: the pony. Oh,
6: this right. one they call Wang Bar. Oh, okay. Um, a tribute to their when air guitar. We're gonna see a pony? There's no pony on that. <laughs> where, where are they located? Today? So they're out of um, Marengo, Ohio, near Columbus. So this is um, a New England style double IPA from Hoofarted Brewing out of Marengo, Ohio I'm sorry what did you say? yeah not me is the correct answer <laughs> um, yeah that's how they want you to pronounce it they're a little bit juvenile you can see uh, the can names and it's spelled it's Wang Bar is the name of this yeah. one they've got this other one called Conky Dong oh cool so you know they're, they're definitely going for um, an 80s bro aesthetic yeah they got <laughs> but... me You guys want to crack this? I so. That's what I just did. Okay. <laughs> it's coming in about 8%.
0: Well, here's to you. Yeah, for thank you, for thank
6: you, you so
1: much. So how did this pink can of deliciousness get in front of us?
6: Well, we drove all the way out there and through my trades last year, I made a connection with a guy who lives in Columbus and he was very generous with his time this year and offered to help me gather up some of this beer. So they do their releases by ticket sales. So you do an online ticket sale, and then if you've got tickets for it, you can show up and collect your allotment.
2: The breweries are so small that they do their releases in small batches. So it's not like we could just go to the brewery and say, hey, can you sell us enough to do a tasting
6: for 130 people? Even if we said, hey, could you sell us... Enough for 130 people? They'd be like, no, I don't <laughs> need to do that. Like, yeah. we don't I got need plenty to of people. I'm gonna sell wow. out Amazing. in I, I, about 10. The, like these sold out in seconds. Wow. The tickets. 15 seconds or so. And How many were you rich. able to get? So I was able to get a full case of each variety. So I had four different varieties from them for the tasting. Most people seem to be more comfortable with, a, you know. You went and waited in line for that. I waited in line for this. Let's just kind of call it even and get ourselves to a place where we feel good about it. And people usually throw in like an extra... Yeah, a lot of people, they'll throw in thank you beers and stuff. Just get excited to share beer. Sure. That's a that's awesome. Excited to share yeah. beer.
1: Excited.
0: Wow. May I share this with you? The description <laughs> of this. Uh,
6: that's <laughs> a good segue. <laughs> <sandwich. laughs> it's pretty
0: funny. Double I- I- IPA Wang Bar, a maneuver of the highest degree of difficulty on the competitive nude air guitar circuit. <laughs> this oatmeal double IPA was made to be self-indulgent, instantly gratifying, and as subtle as David Lee Roth in bunless Chaps. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank <you very> much. <laughs> who comes up with this stuff? Well, the guys who create of Brewery. <laughs> that pretty much sums them up. So, is there is there a uh, I mean, is this like a, 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 a the word mule? Is that is that a, is that something commonly used, or you like a
6: hush kind of thing? I mean, Would, I see it advertised pretty frequently. Like, you know, mule post. I'm gonna go blah blah blah. I'm going to this place. I'll bring back these mixed four packs for x amount of money
0: Are there websites
6: uh i don't know about websites okay. usually well i shouldn't say too much about where are they i mean my understanding is that they even if all they're accounting for in the price is like their time and tolls or whatever that that's by pennsylvania's law that's not explicitly legal to resell the beer that way
0: uh, i want to get back <laughs> wow to this that's amazing underground illicit beer trading business. (laughs) Uh, Not people who are just trading, but people who are doing it for profit. How big is it?
6: I don't know. I know it's out there and it seems to be a few people doing that. And then occasionally some one-off person who's like, I happen to be making a trip to this place and I'll bring some back for you if anybody wants some. That's the majority of what I see. And that could be Either legitimate or not, that you just right, right. yeah. Okay. And
1: and in the day of so, days of, of social media, you know, you have you know the beer geeks and like I I scored a can of this, and then the, this back room place where because I know they exist, I know they exist. Uh, you know, you know the guy, and you, you know, and then okay, well, what else do you have? And they kind of all right, they kind of know you, yeah. And then you go back, and then but he, you cannot post this anywhere. You can't right, tell anybody right. about
4: this, yeah, right. But
1: people yeah. do. It's like a virtual speakeasy.
2: I like it. Everybody's got their stash. Everybody's got their little bit of really good stuff that they're holding out for either the right occasion or somebody that's really going to be excited for something. So, yeah, I mean, if you can sort of get to know certain people or get get in with whether it's a brewery or a bartender or, you know, somebody that's got access to the good stuff. Yeah. Do people um. actually
1: drive that far to do all th- to do things like this?
2: We drove to Ohio. <laughs> My car smelled like hops and road food for four <laughs> days. Uh, you know, part of it is we're bringing beer from around here to people that we've made connections with out there to sort of make you know some of those trades. But yeah, if, people I will mean- drive.
0: Billy Beer Week took place for the 11th year in the first 10 days of June. And this was huge. There were hundreds of events throughout the region. The kickoff to the festival is an event called Opening Tap at the Fillmore in Fishtown. There were more than 60 beers to sample. Did you get them all, John?
1: I I think pretty close. We couldn't miss that, of course. And we unlocked the door of the Beer and Booze Bros. production studio. And, well, we let Tom out to come with us. Oh, Yeah! Yeah! A tap
0: mallet, the symbol of beer week, is called the Hammer of Glory, or hog. the hog was passed around in a zany Olympic-style relay. Various bars and breweries participated, and the hog's last stop was the Fillmore for the opening tap event.
1: The hog was carried inside a shark cage. With a shark and octopus floating above, Philly Loves Beer board member William Reed was part of the show. actually like a
7: nightmare and then I was like I was like how did how did this happen how did I like decide how did I decide a week ago when I couldn't figure out what we were doing that this would be a good idea like put on a ladies boycott boycott bathing suit and stand in front of a thousand people I, think, I have no idea I think, I, I, think, I think last year you wore a tuxedo right I, I yeah, wore... yeah yeah yeah. I had a tuxedo, I was an astronaut. I think last year I was an astronaut. Astronaut. The year before, years, tuxedo. Yeah, a tuxedo. So, what has what, uh, this been like? How great is this, right? 11th year, 11th it year. It's awesome. I mean, this is a huge crowd. I'm really excited to see the whole thing. It's a whole turnover in the whole Philadelphia beer scene. You're seeing all these new players come in, you see everybody doing different things. Yeah, I don't know. It's exciting. It's a great time. Yeah.
1: Awesome.
6: You're awesome. well.
1: yeah, yeah. the man of the hour. uh with Tom Rickard. No! Uh, you, you're on this side of the bar now, Tom. Yes. It's it's a very
7: different experience. Normally, I just get to criticize you two and laugh loudly and point fingers.
1: Well, we're glad you're here.
7: I am stoked to be here. What have you gotten out of this? I've I've gotten a lot of great things. Southern Tier showing up in force tonight, Flying Fish, Weyerbacher. Uh,
1: have we ever been to Weyerbacher? We, we've not visited Wirebucker. What did you get? What did you get at
7: Wirebucker? I don't remember. <laughs> I did not take notes on that. That was number five or six of these small, you know, yeah, yeah. little tasting glasses. Yeah, yeah. But so what, what? stood out? I want to talk about Lacabra. It's a brewery out of Berwyn, and they brought their A game tonight at opening tap at Philly Beer Week. They have this beer called Alatorre Number no. Three. I asked the guy what aleatory means. It means art in nature. Like there's art all around us. I don't know how that translates to the beer, but it is delicious in your mouth. It tastes like it is a it is a strawberry wild ale. I like big beers. I like summer beers, but I also love sours. Was it, it was it was
1: it fruity and
7: funky? It was it was a little fruity. It wasn't overpoweringly fruity, but it was kind of like a sour meets. A barley wine? Yeah. Um very summery, very crisp, and it, you could you definitely could taste the strawberries. I had one, uh Michelle had one. I think it's probably my favorite thing I've had tonight. Really? Well, where's that table? I, I mean, and why did we miss it? Uh, I know how do we miss that? Is it on the first floor? It was
4: it was next Rizal, to the bar.
1: Michelle, where is
7: that?
4: It's the first one when you walk into the door. You can't miss it. Did you go back twice
1: or-
7: yeah.
4: Uh, yeah, we went back two or three times. <laughs> We're combined
7: at like six now.
4: Right,
7: you gotta show me where that is. All right. Um, what, what other, anything else Santa dude. Uh, well, I'm here with my beautiful girlfriend, Michelle. She really liked the southern tier.
4: The Samoa this. It literally tastes like the Samoa Girl Scout cookie.
1: It really did. There was, I had that too. Yeah. So in a, a little chocolate, my coconut was like... Coconut,
4: caramel. Caramel. Like if you've ever had one of those cookies that you've been craving from the Girl Scouts, but you don't want to buy them from the girls outside of the Acme, just buy the Southern Tier. It's just as good, if not better. Totally.
1: Mike Mortimer is with Southern Tier Brewery.
3: You're drinking uh, the Samoa This, which is a chocolate-style brew with caramel, coconut, and pink Himalayan sea salt it's kind of like the uh the girl scout cookie uh caramel delight it tastes just like the girl scout
0: cookie yes right well and that and, and that's a good i mean that's a, that's a good thing it, it's it's
1: sweet but it's got just got a great bouquet to it yeah. it smells great right. it smells great right too and there are yeah. people trying to get beer behind us so let's move and yield for uh god wait this is all about us john no no let's send uh, these other people at this beer festival <laughs> <laughs> michael when you can and you uh, we don't want to stop you but let, go to work there yeah, yeah. You know what, Tom? What? So we talked to the guy, at the guy that, that was pouring your yeah. beer, his name is Michael. He told us that he is out with that milkshake beer. They're coming out with their first milkshake beer in sober. One of you guys was telling me
7: about milkshake beer. That was beer. me. That was, that
1: was you. John loves at Silk City. Yeah, they have it there, but like tired hands in Ardmore. Yes. They're the ones everybody is like. Crediting them for this lactose beer.
4: He said he said he also has a beer downstairs that he only brews for this specific event and that it was with mango, but it had the lactose in it, so it was a little bit thicker, kind of like a milkshake consistency. So for
1: the lactose intolerant, yeah. yeah. this would not be good.
4: <laughs> no, not good. <laughs>
1: This is really good. It gets better when you. Yeah. This gets better when you drink it. Yeah, it warms up a little bit, opens up. It's uh, the caramel really is caramel and stout, right? Yeah, it's a caramel caramel stout. Yeah. And you you can I don't know what gives that coconut flavor, but there's definitely a flavor of coconut. Notes. You're right. Notes. Yeah. Are, I think it's a note. Nope. It's a, yeah. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> ah! Tom, answer the the harps of the angels. So Michael, um, milkshake, milkshake beer,
3: what, what, what is it exactly? Milkshake IPA, so it's, it's an unfiltered uh, IPA and they brew, uh, they brew it with lactose and oats to give it more of like a creamy mouthfeel and uh, I guess you could say Tired Hands is one of the originators of it, but, it, um, but you're Southern Tier and you're going to Come out with one. Yes, our first one, the first beer or first IPA we ever brewed lactose will be out uh at the end of this month. It's a double IPA, uh unfiltered, brewed with mango puree. So it's gonna be a mango milkshake IPA. It really does taste
1: like I've had one. Not that, of course, but I've had that style once, and it—it it was. I, I hate to say this, it was really good. It was delicious. I'm
3: a, I'm a fan of them. Yeah, I mean, some people. Don't agree with them because it's not you know the way beer should be brewed. But uh, if it's good, it's it's fine.
1: It tastes like a dessert. I mean, when you're full, like there's, there's, you know, you're in the mood for different things. That that tastes like a dessert to me. Yeah, it's that's exactly
0: what it's supposed to be like. Milkshake. The idea of a milkshake beer does not appeal to me. However, this Samoa this is very thick and and delicious and sweet. Is that is there a difference or is there similarity? Uh, They're different. I mean, this is a
3: stout. The other ones are... IPA drinkers typically don't, you know, they don't want sweet beers. They want hoppy or hop heads, you know what I mean? But I guess people are starting to to mix the two, and it's been the the trend for the past year or two now. Your personal uh, uh, opinion about milkshake beers? Uh, I, I like them a lot.
1: Yeah. Center City Sips returns to Philadelphia for its 15th summer. This year, there are 90 establishments participating in the middle of the week happy hour. Every Wednesday through August, bars
0: and restaurants in Center City offer $6 cocktails, $5 wines, $4 beers, and half-priced appetizers.
1: New to Sips this year, Veda, an Indian modern bistro at 1920 Chestnut Street. When I first speak with bartender Amanda Monahan. So, Center City Sips in its 15th year, what do you guys have to offer?
4: So, in terms of drinks, this year Sips is sponsored by Ornitos. We're doing two different margaritas, as well as our traditional old-fashioned and some beer and wine. So, we decided to kind of take an Indian spin on it with some more Indian traditional fruits. So, we've got our mango margarita, kind of plays with some of the sweeter aspects and then we've also got a nimbu margarita and nimbu is a traditional Indian fruit that is almost like a mixture of lemon and lime super bright and refreshing
1: great you get uh, old, an old-fashioned uh, beer and red wine also
4: yes so an old fashioned,
1: like the old-fashioned old-fashioned
4: so our old fashioned we actually do a take on it um, just because with everything in Indian Cuisine. There's a lot of different spices and herbs and stuff. So we use green chartreuse in our old-fashioned, so that gives it a little bit more of an herbaceous quality.
0: Especially specially-priced apps are out of this world. The bread is made in a clay oven, shipped in from India. There are small plates available, too. The lamb, seriously,
1: the lamb falls off the bone. Raj Singh is Veda's owner. He says Sips has been great for business. How are you finding the crowds? Are, are they coming?
6: This is oh, second
3: it's
1: Sips. definitely growing. Like people are trying us; they're bringing their friends in.
3: Then their friends are bringing their friends in because uh, I would I would get the whole credit for the team.
1: Hi,
4: what? I'm Grecia. And Teresa.
1: And have you been coming to Center City Sips? It's a 15th year. How many years have you been coming?
4: This is my third year coming.
1: Like for three years? Yes. And you?
4: This is my second year.
0: So uh, what is it it that's so appealing to you?
4: I mean, it's awesome. These are like some of the best restaurants in the city, which with like standard prices, like $5 appetizer, $6 drink. So you know exactly what you're getting, but for a cheaper price. What are you drinking? Mango margarita.
1: That's
4: delicious.
1: And you? Uh, the nimbo margarita. Yeah. I had the nimbo, yeah. I had the, I had the mango. Yeah. Amazing. And uh, dehydrated lime and lemon, do you know that? That's what the garnish is.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Very pretty, too. Yeah.
1: Yes. Do you find that this is kind of like, you know, we're in the summer, midweek, a lot of people go to the shore. What does Center City Sips do? Is it a good program and, and why if it is?
4: I actually think that it, it's pretty smart that it's on a Wednesday. You know, like people say hump Wednesday. It's like the middle of the week. It's a nice thing to look forward to for those of us who are working in the city and stay in the city, like myself and her. It makes the middle of the week feel festive
1: do you think this is a cool place and like that they use like india has an indian flair to the cocktails
4: well this one's not mango lassi but they have had a mango lassi like rum one this is similar to it and um, plus the food is amazing you get to try it for like five bucks
0: (laughs) what have you had food wise
4: samosas are probably one of my favorite ones yeah we had the goat cheese naan, which yeah, is really good. Yeah, that was great. The ribs I've had before. I didn't get it today, but those are really good too.
0: Okay. Uh, any other stops today, or is it just. Oh, a... yeah, we're
4: about to go try another one. Yeah, we're, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. we we're, we're, we're we're, go what to, what
0: to, to They're going to move on and try another one. Where are you going from here?
4: We didn't decide yet. <laughs>
0: A Philly-based spirits company is certainly making a name for itself around the world. A rare whiskey called Eau de Musk has an ingredient that is raising some eyebrows. Yeah, and churning some stomachs like mine, Beaver butt. Seriously? Found under a beaver's tail?
1: Well, well, well. actually, yes. Uh, I went to the tasting room <laughs> of the only place in Philadelphia where you can buy this whiskey. The Arch in the Age, in old city along 3rd Street near Arch. The ADA proof whiskey is $65. It comes in a 200 milliliter vintage perfume style
5: bottle. You can get a quarter ounce pour at the bar for just
1: $10.
5: Hi, I'm Steven Grass. I'm the CEO of Quaker City Mercantile. I'm the Willy Wonka of booze. We are a spirits company. We work with all the big guys like Guinness and Miller and Hendrix Gin but we also create our, our own brands and we own our own distilleries and our own breweries. Awesome, so uh, w- should we just cut to the chase and talk about Beaver? this beaver product? What's this all about? So this is um, a two-year-old bourbon infused with beaver castorium, which is basically the secretion that comes from the beaver sack. Yeah. Um, and this beaver- it's, And, and this, is, this is a thing. This beaver secretion is actually a flavoring that is historically used. It has a a vanilla and raspberry type flavor. When we put the beaver secretion into, we infuse it into the whiskey, it creates a lovely uh, vanilla-esque flavoring. So who was it that thought like this would be a great idea? Um, well, okay, so we have, um, at, at our distillery, which is in the White Mountains of New Hampshire, our, our distillers are also nature nature freaks, okay? And, well, it's also in New Hampshire, you have to understand, there's a big beaver problem. Um, there's bad beavers everywhere. And the beavers uh, are like rats in Philly, okay? You can imagine the Im- um, tremendous amounts of rats that we have all over Philadelphia, right? Well, they have that problem with beavers in new hampshire they build dams they flood the uh like parking lots everywhere so there's this guy anton that you call if you got a if you got a beaver situation right so i know a guy who who deals (laughs) with beaver who's a beaver he's a dealer in beaver so anton when they're already dealt with anton trades us the the little beaver balls okay
1: so yeah so that so that's good. They're already so they're already taken care of. They're, they're already taken all, care of. Okay.
5: Yes. And um, and well, it's also in the creation of, of spirits, there's something called the grass list. The grass list was developed in the fifties and it's a listing of all the ingredients that you can possibly use in spirits. Well, the list was created in the fifties and there's not many things on that list. So if you want to get around the grass list, you need to you need to prove historical precedent. So at my company we're based in Philadelphia, but we are global in operation. Our company has um, two full-time historians who are researching odd tidbits of history. And they came across the idea or the the historical fact that beaver secretions were used in flavoring by uh, various immigrant groups that came to America years ago, like the Swedes. So we were able to lobby the federal government to allow us to use this as a flavoring on whiskey.
1: Absolutely. Is it is it regulated? Is it is it? Is it it's not going to kill me, right?
5: It's no, of course enjoy. not. Of course <laughs> not. You've probably actually had it in other things that you've eaten before. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, but they they probably don't tell you that. <laughs> now, we've already sold out of this product in New York. Um, it's selling fast, like hotcakes in New Hampshire, and and we're lucky to, enough to have it here in Pennsylvania. It's um, the only place in Pennsylvania you can buy it. Should we try it, or do, Let's you, try do we it.
3: need to? Sort of
1: my boss. Wow. So absolutely amazing. Fruit forward, mm-hmm. uh, apricot plummy, raisins. But it has that... You know you're drinking whiskey.
5: You know you're drinking a whiskey. Yeah, it's not a flavored whiskey, um, which is a big distinction because flavored whiskeys tend to be cheap whiskey flavored with synthetics or overly sweet because there's a lot of other ingredients. So this is really... A, uh, you know, a two-year-old bourbon. It's actually three-year-old, but we're not quite at the third-year mark. Scratch-made bourbon from our distillery, and then infused gently with, um, with the beaver, with the beaver castor. So it's not a flavored whiskey. It's an infusion.
1: Are there other animals that historically? You said you had a team, a team that researched. Well, we're working Swedish we, immigrants. We're drinking? yeah, yeah, yeah. We're,
5: we're working on a bunch deep. of really strange concepts, but I can't tell you about them. Because I'd have to kill you. Because
1: then Anton will be come after me.
5: <laughs> well, no, there's, there's, they're not. Anton's a, your guy, right? Well, he's the, he's the beaver hunter. Right. <laughs> but, um, but there's a lot of other concepts we're doing that don't all require animal things. But they're, um, the, the point of our distillery in Tamworth, New Hampshire, is to be the most experimental distillery in the world.
1: Well, that's it. We'll have another round of Beer and Booze Bros real soon. You can find and subscribe to The Beer and Booze Bros on the radio.com app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Beer and Booze Bros is on Twitter at The Beer Bros. You can
0: find me, Paul Kurtz, on Twitter, backwards at Kurtz Paul. John McDevitt
1: is at JM1060. And Tom Brickert, he returned from Beer Week. I'm uh, not sure why, but he helped produce this episode. <laughs> Of the Beer and Booze Bros. Tom is on Twitter at T Rick. As subtle as David Lee Roth in Bunless
0: Chaps. Cheers, Johnny. Cheers, Paul.